Well, good afternoon, Lake Norman, and welcome to Town Talk. We're coming to you live from the worldwide headquarters of WSIC, the Real Talk Studio, nestled on the banks of beautiful Lake Norman. I'm your host, Bill Russell, president of Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce, the largest chamber of commerce in the Charlotte region. This is a program where we discuss topics that are impacting your business, your family, your friends, your neighbors, from my neighborhood to yours. And today, my guest is Andrew Grant. He is the town manager for the town of Cornelius. We have Wayne Heron, who is the deputy town manager. And we have Sean Herndon, my friend, who is, today was his first day as president of Rotary. And, and Sean, we're going to get to that in just a little while. Mm -hmm. But Andrew, I got to ask you, about a week ago, just over a week ago, we had a threat facing Cornelius, a cyber scare, ransomware attack in the police department. Um, kind of shut down some of the operations. What what actually happened and what are you guys doing about that? So I appreciate the question, Bill. Um, we're still assessing the situation. So just to kind of recap for everybody, in case you're not aware, um, and I really want to go back um, probably about five years ago, we really started making an effort to um, <clears throat> purchase equipment, uh, purchase software, place in some cybersecurity measures about five years ago. And we really ramped up the town's uh, security from an IT standpoint. Um, unfortunately, uh, the attack that occurred last week got through our security system. And if you um, have conversations with the IT folks, you know, they'll tell you that the security system that we've put in place have really stopped about um, thousands, if not tens of thousands of attacks. Um, this was a very sophisticated attack. Uh, at this time, it appears it's malware and not ransomware. Um, as I mentioned, we're uh, still assessing the situation. We did, as a proactive measure, uh, disconnect our network, uh, which unfortunately has reduced some of the services that we have in place. Um, and as we continue to do our assessment and we've reached a um, point in here in the next few days of having preliminary confirmation as to what happened, we'll be able to release some more information about when we'll be able to turn our network back on. Um, but in the meantime, uh, we have been able to restore some services we have a, a temporary bridge system for our phone lines, our main business lines. The 911 system, if you pick up the phone and call 911 in Cornelius, uh, you will still reach our dispatch center. That's always been the case from from day one, even when the attack happened. Unfortunately, some of the um, uh, pieces of, uh, of software, such as our CAD system, which is computer-aided dispatch and a records management system, unfortunately, those pieces are down because they're on our network. Um, we've also been able to um, have uh, temporary phones, phone bridge, if you will, in our other departments, such as parks, planning, and finance, too. And again, as we learn more and reach our confirmation, we'll be able to determine what exactly needs to happen in order to turn the network back on. And we'll be able to produce an estimate as to when that happens. And when we do, um, it won't be that every service doesn't come on until we flip the switch will prioritize what services to bring online first, such as the uh, CAD system, mm -hmm. RMS for 911. Secondarily, we'll turn our financial software system back on, too. So, again, we're being very deliberate, um, very cautious. We don't want to turn the switch on too early because there are subsequent risks for secondary sure. attacks as well. So um, it's uh, unfortunately been a learning experience. We're going through this as fast as possible when other governments have encountered this, you know, they could be down anywhere from three weeks to a couple of months. So we're hopeful we're a lot quicker than that. But thanks for the question. You know, I, I know this has also happened to Central Piedmont Community College. I remember when it happened at CP to mm -hmm. Marancas, I think Mecklenburg County, uh, yep. same thing. Yes. What are, is there any other municipalities in our area, Mooresville states, any, any that have, have dealt with something like this? There have been, um, unfortunately, as, um, as we've learned about, um, uh, this cyber attack, uh, we've joined, unfortunately, a, a brotherhood, if you will, of sure. other governments that have been impacted. If you look at the statistics nationwide, um, it's about 68, 70% of, of governments, not just local governments, mm -hmm. state, federal level, all different departments, that are impacted. Um, another interesting fact, um, roughly 70% of private businesses are impacted by this as well. Unfortunately, you don't hear a lot about it. And I think if it were more out there about organizations that were hit, it would help um, organizations that may not be as prepared to prepare for things like this. But as I mentioned with our particular attack, um, 
it was so sophisticated. And unfortunately, there are uh, bad actors out there. Sean and I and Wayne were talking about this earlier. There are bad actor, actors out there in every industry, and they're out there creating these uh, very sophisticated malware, ransomware um, uh, viruses, if you uh -huh. will, that attack organizations. And, and that's what they do day in, day out. So uh, it's incumbent upon us to try to stay ahead of that. And we've done that for years. Unfortunately, this one got through. You know, it's amazing what they're able to do. I We had some of our Rotary Club members that shared, you know, they got ransomware attacks and, and uh, were held ransom. And, and I received something several years ago. I mean, James Sanders has impressed upon me, my IT director, don't click on things. And uh, I served on the board of Habitat for Humanity. I was on the nominations committee. That was the chair of that. Uh, Jeff Porter, who was their exec, was going to be sending me a Word document that day about who was going to be not or who needed to be nominated and so i'm waiting on a document to come over i get this thing and it's a doc and so and it came from jeff porter so i clicked on it and it said not recognizing your password dumb dumb here i, I went ahead and i put in my password and it was going you know just spinning i'm going like i don't understand well i'll see him in two hours i'll just get it then i get there i said i hope nobody clicked on that message it went out it was it was a it was a virus i'm oh, like you no. gotta be kidding me. yeah <laughs> and uh it it then sent out the stuff to other people but i had i had a trojan horse in there mm -hmm. that was sifting through information and we had to spend a considerable of time getting that out so yeah. um, i tell my staff do not do not click on things if you don't know what it is and even sometimes if if you're expecting something be a little bit leery about it yeah we've actually um, and again over the course of five years training is one of our big security components that we put in place much to the point your conversation with james and we will actually our it folks will actually put out fake um phishing uh, mm -hmm. emails just to try to bait the employees mm -hmm. and, sure. and it's a learning experience for our employees as well and and again, uh, nothing is foolproof, but we all just, organizations, whether they're public or private, just have to do what they can. We are taking calls today, 844-STUDIO-4. That's 1-8-844-STUDIO-4. Um, if you want to call in and talk to, to Andrew, Wayne, or, or Sean. Um, Andrew, you've been on staff, I think, for 20 years. I remember when you came on board, you've been manager now since about, what, 2018? Uh, about, yep, about five years, yep. 2018, and mm -hmm. came from Kershaw, South Carolina. Kershaw, you were the South manager Carolina. there yep. first. Yep, yep, little yep. old Kershaw. Kind, yep. of, kind of my stomping ground. Mm -hmm. um, Sean, you're a, you were an alternate on the planning board. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know that you've rolled off on that particular. What does the alternate on the planning board do? Um, you're, you're part of the planning board. Um, the biggest thing uh, of that is you don't ha really vote unless you're needed. If there's not enough, uh, individuals that are on the planning board, uh, to, to vote. Mm -hmm. So you are privy to all information. You, uh, want to make sure you stay on top of it just in case they do need you to vote. Um, Wayne, when will people be able to apply to be on the planning board again? and Cornelius? Uh, people can apply at any time, and we encourage anybody who's interested to make an application. Uh, the current setup is that the town board will, uh, each year we have terms that expire and people that roll off, so we make those decisions generally the December to February time frame, but as I always say, you never know when somebody might have a conflict and might need to resign mid-year and there's an opening, so I tell people and encourage people, apply whenever you're interested. And your application's good for a year, and we'll uh, bring you up and uh, uh, do an interview and uh, see if you're a good fit for the boards you're interested in. And that information is posted on the website for the town? It sure is. Go to www.cornelius.org, and you can find the tab for application for service. We'll be right back. Uh, we're going to take a brief break. All right, gentlemen. Um, Thank you much for being here, and for those of you who are streaming with us, uh, we are going to start talking about some other issues, but uh, thank you for staying on board. I want to talk about some things that the Chamber of Commerce is doing. First off, tomorrow morning, excuse me, uh, yeah, uh, Friday morning. Friday morning, we're having a Focus Friday where we have Paul Shoemaker, 8.30 to 9.30. Paul Shoemaker is a guy that ran the campaign for Senator Tom Tillis that was the most expensive campaign in the history of the United States Senate. So we got Paul Shoemaker on board, and, and again, we'd love to have you. You can contact the Chamber of Commerce to find out more about that. Then tomorrow night, Thursday, 
we have our business after hours, 5.30 to 7 at spare time. That is the uh, entertainment center down there at exit 25. And uh, it's a great opportunity to network. If you're not a member of the Chamber of Commerce, maybe come out, find out a little bit about the Chamber, and uh, find out why it would be good for your business. So again, tomorrow night we have uh, the business after hours at spare time. The Chamber is also accepting applications for Leadership Lake Norman uh, and Junior Leadership Lake Norman. Uh, the uh, Leadership Lake Norman applications and, and Junior are on our website. Uh, all three of you guys have been through our Leadership Lake Norman program. Uh, tell me what you got out of the program, Wayne. Well, I did it in my first year in Cornelius, and uh, being new to the North Mecklenburg region, it really provided me a great opportunity to meet business folks from around North Mecklenburg uh, who do business every day with not only the town of Cornelius, but do special uh, uh, tasks uh, in our region, whether it be through Novant, Atrium, or photography, or surveying, or whatever it might be. So it was great to be able to meet and connect with all of these folks in business who I still connect with today. Mm -hmm. uh, and not only was it, did it open up to me these relationships, but it made those folks who have partnerships with other organizations available to me as well. So it was a great opportunity for me to learn uh, about the North Mech region and get to know people. And several folks that were in my class now serve on some of the town boards sure, and yeah. uh, are participating in government, and, and I, in turn, participate in, in their uh, programs. Well, it's, it's a great program. The application deadline for Leadership Lake Norman is Friday, September the 8th, if you're looking to go in through the program. It's an eight-month program. starts uh, in September, but September the 8th is the deadline for that. Junior Leadership Lake Norman for high school juniors. So... Think about submitting an application. Well, we're back on at Town Talk. I'm Bill Russell, your host. I have Andrew Grant, who is the town manager for Cornelius, Wayne Heron, who is the deputy town manager, and uh, Sean Herndon, who is our new Ill newly installed Rotary Board Chair. Uh, today was your first meeting, and you got your board installed. How did it feel? Uh, a complete honor. Um, as I said, I, I, I'm very lucky to uh, be in a position to be around such great people, and um, I, I'm looking very forward to the year. Sean, for people who have no idea really what Rotary, maybe they've seen the signs when they go into a community, um, or they've heard the term, what is Rotary? Yeah, most people will see the, like, the uh, park benches, or uh, when you go into a town, you see the sprocket. Um, you know, I, I remember my, my grandfather, uh, he, he was in Rotary in Wichita, Kansas for almost over 60 years. And so it was always, you looked at it as like, oh, well, that was, you know, the older generation, um, uh, type of, uh, um, gathering and stuff like that. But it, it's, once you get into it, it's so immense. It's, mm -hmm. it is worldwide and it is literally about um above oneself so it's charity it's community um we do projects from etta jenkins to you know uh the food bank or feed-ins we do multiple different types of things and it's uh one of the biggest things is uh, people in action so it's doing actionable things to help the community you know, I think we have a Rotary Club in, in virtually every community in our Lake Norman region. Um, we have two in Huntersville, one here in Cornelius. Uh, we have one in Davidson. Uh, I think Mooresville does it have two? Two. Two, two Troutman. Troutman and Denver. And, and Statesville? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if somebody really wanted to, let's just say they were in Statesville or they were in Troutman and they wanted to get involved in a Rotary Club, how would they go about that? Uh, you can go to uh, uh, rotary.org. Uh, um, you can just put where you are. It will tell you all the clubs. And the other thing that's uh, really unique to Rotary is when you belong to one Rotary, you belong to all Rotaries in the world. Mm -hmm. So if you were happen to be traveling, we've had many of our members, they'll go to Italy or another country, and they'll go to a Rotary meeting and they'll get a flag from that Rotary meeting and bring that flag back to the to their group. It's, it's really... It's a really close-knit, even though it's worldwide. Uh, I'm going to 
ask you to put back on your planning board hat for just mm -hmm. a second, even though you, you've kind of rolled off of that. Yep. Uh, the other kind of elephant in the room is this past Monday, the town board considered a project, the Cornelius Business Park with Greenberg Gibbons Flex Space on Bailey Road. Uh, that's a, a project that uh, the Chamber of Commerce certainly endorses. We thought it was fantastic. Uh, that would create flex space for small businesses, 2,000 square feet to 10,000 square feet, not manufacturing. It kind of fit hand in glove with the land development code that, that our town developed here in Cornelius that took uh, town staff, elected leadership, uh, citizens. Now, the, the unique thing, Andrew, you and I are a lot alike in, in one respect and that I work for the board of directors. And at the end of the day, my opinion is whatever the board of directors says it is. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, when it comes right down, down to it, my job is to implement the policies of the board of directors. Your job is to implement sure. whatever decision yep. those people up at the dais say, mm -hmm. regardless of your personal opinion. But I, I've got to tell you, that is a project that I thought was perfect for Cornelius. The way it sits right now, they have withdrawn their application. It, it could come back. Um, the, the developers have to assess whether or not they want to, to go forward with it. They put in a lot of time. But doesn't it, in fact, represent a product that we need in Cornelius? I can tell you what my opinion is, but I'm asking you, Wayne, because you, you work very closely with them. Yes, you'll hear the town board talk quite often that uh, we need a balance in our tax base. Uh, we, we need more non-residential so that the residential customers are not paying so much and carrying so much of the burden. So we are constantly looking at ways that we can bring non-residential to town. Uh, we're looking at appropriate locations. We're looking at uh, sites that have good traffic access. We're looking at what kind of trip generation do these businesses bring? What kind of jobs do they bring? What kind of tax base does it bring? So we're constantly evaluating these things and looking at what's appropriate. Um, I'll tell you, the most difficult job in the world, in my opinion, is to be an elected official. Sure. Uh, because you uh, report to so many different people, citizens, business, um, you know, er everybody is at you with an opinion, uh, with a desire, and, and what the town may or may not need. So it, it has been tough for the town board because we do have a zoning ordinance, and they go by that. They, we have a long-range policy, which uh, they looked at that. Um, but they also took into account, well, what does the applicant bring to the table? What jobs do they bring to the table? What ad valorem tax? But also, what do the residents want? And right. So that was a big factor in this. Um, I, I think uh, I'm not sure of all the reasons why the applicant chose to withdraw, but all these things come into play, and it's a, it's a very tough decision-making process uh, when we look at things like this. But, yes, we do look at non-residential, and, yes, we do need it to help balance the tax base. Right now, I believe we're at 83% on right. the residential side mm -hmm. and 17% on the non-residential. So the more we can increase that, the better off our ad valorem and the, the burden on the residents will be. And that's what it really comes down to, because when people say, well, this doesn't impact me, if you live in Cornelius, absolutely it does, because you just had a one-cent increase in that's taxes. True. Uh, if we would have had more business and commerce there to be absorbed, that might not have had to do that, but you've got to raise that, because you've got services you've got to... You've got to uh, go out there and take care of. You know, from a, you, you guys requested a transportation impact analysis. I think DOT came back and said the intersection there at 115 and, and Bailey Road was a D. Uh, with, with this project, it would be a D. Without this project, it would be a D. So really, it was insignificant in terms of the operations of that particular intersection. So when somebody says, this is because of, of transportation or the, all the traffic, it's negligible from that perspective. Well, the, the one thing I'll add, and, and I'll segue off what Wayne said about the town board does have a very um, difficult uh -huh. balance to achieve. So much to your point, you had the information from the TIA, and there are TIAs required for many zoning applications, so this is not the first one. And that's a piece of information that the town board should consider and, and did. Um, but you also have information that comes from the public as well. So that's information that they need to consider as well. So it is a very tough job trying to achieve a balance, um, knowing what the long-term goals of the town are. Sean, you're a realtor. Mm -hmm. uh, that is really how you make your money, not from Rotary. We don't, we don't pay you a lot <laughs> as being the Rotary president. No, no one but, told me that, 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 that or not, but no. 
But uh, you, you are uh, some of the luxury homes here in, mm -hmm. in Cornelius. Uh, how important is projects like that particular project that we just discussed, Cornelius Business Park? How, how important is that to the life of this community? Well, it, for, when it comes to the perspective of, you know, different types of individuals that are looking at our area to purchase or buy a home in the area, they want amenities. They want additional things that they can... and, and when you have different situations of people are looking for a position or a job, but also you have individuals that are also business owners. So they take an account of what those type of things are in the area. How far is it from where they are buying a, to buy a home and things of that nature. Um, so when it comes to real estate, you know, it, it you always look at a property as what is the best use, top use of that, that property. Um, and, and then kind of work back from that. So I know, you know, when you hear about the landowner of that particular property, they, they saw that as a top use mm -hmm. for that property as well. So, you know, it, it, so when people are looking for the area, they, they are looking at these different factors of that's where they want to live. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it, it is, uh, a, a project that I believe would have been very good for the area. But the one thing that's really good about our system is we do listen to our citizens, too. Mm -hmm. You know, I live in antiquity right now. I'm down the road from this. From the outside, I'm looking at it, I'm like, this is a fantastic project. This is great. Da, da, da. I don't live particularly down the road from it. So, you know, I think they had over 600-something signatures, uh, uh, you know, for it. And that's the one thing that's really good about our system is that we listen to our citizens. And if, but at the same time, we listen to citizens that are for projects too. So this one just weighed heavier on the, of not having the project. You know, one of the things I've seen, you know, I've, I've been doing this, Andrew, for, for almost three decades here in Cornelius. And I see town boards where you, you might have four of your town, four of your five votes sealed up, you think, and you get there and, and 30 people show up and start raising cane uh, at, at the podium and have their little signs out and then you read the social media and all of a sudden you start slipping votes and you you have you have 60 people or let's just say 100 who are weighing in and changing the destiny of a community with what are you now at, at how many 32,000 32,000 32, yeah. people um, project like Burkdale where North American properties had their uh, expansions and, and mm -hmm. things. They weren't, they weren't even looking at expanding Bergdale. They were looking at improving Bergdale. And uh, it, it, got, it got shot down. And you've got these 100 or so people that might impact something for 70,000 people. And that has to be taken into consideration too. So we're going we're gonna to talk about <clears throat> that issue, but we'll, we'll get back. 844-STUDIO-4, uh, 844-STUDIO-4. We'll talk about some of the other issues impacting the town, um, particularly transportation-related projects. Uh, I'd like to talk about that uh, and uh, everything else that we, we can uh, share here on, on WSIC. Uh, let me ask you one more question. Uh, who do you have coming up uh, in, in Rotary for some of the next speakers? Um, so right now we have uh, an individual that was at, um, in New York at 9-11 that's mm -hmm. going to speak um, uh, our meeting before that. Uh, also talking to another uh, speaker that actually uh, had clearance uh, with uh, NASA and was a photographer. And he great. took a lot of cool pictures. Well, we are going to talk about a little bit more about Rotary, but we're going to talk about town issues when we come back on Town Talk. For those of you streaming with us, we're continuing uh, to talk about some issues. We were talking about leadership, Lake Norman, just before we went to break. And, and uh, Wayne, you shared some of your experience with leadership, Lake Norman. That's a program of the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce. We've been doing that since 1997. Uh, we've had well over 600 graduates of, of leadership, Lake Norman, uh, go on. You, Wayne, you just talked about them, people that take, go in and get involved in the town, sometimes as, a, as an elected official, but business leaders, community leaders, nonprofit leaders. So a wide spectrum. Uh, Andrew, you're a graduate of Leadership Lake Norman. Uh, what did you get out of the program? Yeah, so I mean, I'll, I'll easily say ditto to everything that Wayne said. You know, I grew up in this area. I worked in this area before um, coming up here officially as the assistant town manager. But it really connects all the dots. It's almost in a good orientation, even if you know nothing about the area. 
But the one thing I want to go back to, Bill, is the um, junior leadership uh-huh. like Norman. I'll raise my hand. Uh, father and, and daughter went through that. You you may remember my oldest daughter went yeah, through that yeah. a few years back, and it was a good program for her. And, and one of my highlights was being able to talk to her group, and, and she was in the audience too. And so um, that was really interesting. So um, so I appreciate that opportunity. For those who may be unfamiliar, we, we began running a junior leadership just over 10 years ago. It was a project of our Leadership Lake Norman group. And uh, it is for rising high school juniors in mm-hmm. any of our high schools or homeschooled. So if you have a rising junior this year, um, you can you can send them through leadership uh, junior leadership Lake Norman, which is very close to the adult program in terms mm-hmm. of some of the things that we do. Uh, they go down to town hall yep. and they they might meet with uh, the town manager and and the department heads and then over to the fire department and the police department right. and get a perspective of town government. The application for junior leadership Lake Norman is September fifteenth. I said earlier the adult is September eighth. So both of those applications of the adult and junior are on the Chamber's website. You can go there. Um, I'm going to get back to you in just a little while and talk about your perspective on Leadership Lake Norman because you graduated what year? What, what year did you go through that? Oh, geez. Uh, you know, COVID throws a, a wrench in everything. Four years now? Four years ago. Wow. Yeah. I think it was about four years ago. Wow. And do you do business and stay in contact with some of the people in your class? Um, well, uh, the, uh, now, what is Tony now? Is he got promoted in the police department? What's Tony, Tony Sharp? Major. Yeah, yeah he's major a major. Sharp. Thanks. Yep. Uh, he was yep. captain. He yep. got moved. Yep. Yeah. So I yep. see him all the time on the roads in his police car. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I hope I'm not pulling not, you over. Not with, <laughs> not with the lights on, not with the lights on. Um, thankfully, but, uh, yeah, there's a couple individuals that we still, I still keep in contact with. Yeah. It's, it's, you do build a bond, um, especially with your team building, uh-huh. um, exercises on the, uh, the camp, um, was that that Bethel? Bethel Woods. Bethel we do Woods. an overnight right. retreat at Camp Bethel Woods. Uh, that's the the overnight retreat. Chip Schultz has been the the person that has done the leadership training for that over the course of most of those years. Richard Terry also did that. But um, we get Chip Schultz to come back. Chip Schultz is a former board chair of the Chamber of Commerce in 2003. Does a fantastic job. So it's a two night over overnight retreat. Then it pretty much goes to the fourth Thursday of every month, except for. November and December, when you got uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, it goes to the first Thursday in, in uh, December. But fantastic program. To, if you're new to the area, there's no better program, mm-hmm. really, that the Chamber of Commerce runs than mm-hmm. Leadership Lake Norman to acclimate you about things going on in, in, the, in, the, in the area. So, uh, again, if you're interested, uh, you can applications are available on the Chamber's website for Leadership Lake Norman and Junior Leadership Lake Norman at lakenormanchamber.org. For those of you dreaming, streaming, we're going to go back to the live show in just a few seconds. Good morning. Enjoy that morning coffee with Justin Kazepis. Hope, how are we doing this morning? You know, it was a little rough period there, but I'm getting my happiness back, and you're absolutely helping. It's Good Morning LKN, weekday 7 to 9 a.m. on WSIC. Well, welcome back to Town Talk. I'm Bill Russell, your host. I have Andrew Grant, the Cornelius Town Manager, Wayne Heron, the Deputy Town Manager, and Sean Herndon, who is Winston Dane and also just took over today as our president of our Rotary Club. Um, Wayne, I'm going to go back to you. And uh, what's the status on the fire department? Because there was some some issues relative to the fire department here in Cornelius. Well, and, and I might share this with Andrew, but uh, the town has uh, decided to move to a full-time fire department. Yeah, great. For many years, uh, we relied on a wonderful uh, volunteer department, Cornelius Limley, and uh, they have served us just wonderfully and done a great job. But as we mentioned a while ago, we're now 32,000 people. Uh, it, it is very hard to serve 32,000 people and have the calls for service, the accidents, the fires that we have with a volunteer or part-time uh, fire department. So several years ago, the town board decided that we were going to move in the direction to build a full-time department. And this is where I'll turn it over to Andrew and let him talk about our status and go from there. Yeah, I appreciate that, Wayne. And just to add on to what Wayne had mentioned, you know, if you go back to my father's time or definitely his father's time it was a 
typically a volunteer mm-hmm. basis. That slowly transitioned into maybe about 20 years ago where you had part-timers and volunteers, and those part-timers primarily were working full-time at other fire departments, such as the City of Charlotte or Concord Fire Department. Um, long story short, that model is just not sustainable anymore. Right. And especially when you have a, even though we're a suburban community, we are by and large in a metropolitan region. Everybody is trying to, every agency is trying to hire part-timers. Um, and also part of our older model, if you will, for um, providing services was mutual aid. So we were relying heavily and still do rely heavily upon Huntersville Fire Department, Davidson Fire Department. Everybody's growing, as Wayne alluded to. The calls, if you look at the data, just continue to rise every year. And it's not just fire-related calls. There's medic-related calls as well um, or EMT-type-related calls. And it just is a perfect storm for having a concern of not having the bodies to be able to, the firefighters to be able to respond to issues. So as Wayne alluded to, starting now about four years ago, because we're entering our fourth year of our transition plan, we started hiring full-time firefighters, actual town of Cornelius employees. And I'm happy to report as part of the budget approval um, that was approved in June, uh, we're hiring our first ever um, fire chief. And there's always been a fire chief, but it's been for the um, Cornelius Lumley Fire and Rescue that we've been working with and will continue to work with, but we will have our own dedicated fire chief, which is monumental. It's a huge uh, step in a good direction for the town and, and for services. We're also hiring a full-time um, uh, training captain as well. Um, believe it or not, just in a matter, short matter of four years, our fire department, the town's fire department, has now grown to be the third largest department in the town. Um, it's right behind uh, police and Parks and Rec, and very soon it will eclipse uh, the planning department, and it'll be very close to the size of the of the uh, police department. So we have a we have a very long uh, uh, budget sensitive uh, transition plan that we've put in place to every year hire uh, full time personnel. And let's talk about the budget process because I've I have again I've been here for twenty eight years, and I have watched the towns, whether it's Cornelius, Davis, Huntersville, Morrisville, Statesville. The budget process is something that, at least from my perspective, takes four or five months and maybe longer, but you guys begin discussing as, as at least elected officials, and probably from staff perspective, July 2nd, you probably start talking about yeah. the next year's budget. Yep. But that is a long, detailed, arduous process that you ask for citizens' input. Mm-hmm. Citizens certainly talk about their, their taxes, but right. really not a whole lot of input from the public usually on the budget process. Well, well actually, so we've, we've flipped the script on that. So, um, you know, years ago, we may have had literally as many people's fingers on my hand mm-hmm. uh, that would come and actually make comment. Um, with the advancement of uh, technology, we've been pushing out um, through social media and every means possible uh, citizen surveys. So we pushed out citizen surveys here now. Gosh, Wayne, you'll have to help me remember. I think we're probably about year four or five now with our citizen survey. And out of 32,000 residents, uh, we typically get around 1,000, 1,100 residents that actually respond. And that's a huge amount for any type of government survey. Um, Typically, you'll get a very, very low response rate. Um, Before we started doing them, uh, I would have been pleased just with 100 Mm -hmm. responses. To to get over 1,000 is is great. And uh, one of the main questions we ask them is to tell us, what are your priorities? And consistently, they've told us roads, uh, public safety, Parks and Rec, um, and then Public Works, which is a huge umbrella for a lot of things, economic development. So the list goes on and on. And um, I'll try not to be on my soapbox because, um, you know, I really like talking about the budget. And as I tell the board, it's their number one policy document that they have to adopt every single year. Mm -hmm. And it's the most important one because, as you know, and Sean knows, we all know, Mm -hmm. it sets the table for what happens the next 12 months. Exactly. Yeah. Um, We're going to talk about housing. You're... uh, you're one of the principals of Winston Dame. I think you arrived what 2017, 2018. Yeah, uh, we, I opened the group uh, 2017. And is it is part of Ke- uh, Keller? Yeah. So we it basically it's a team within mm-hmm. Keller Williams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and tell me that team who who's involved in your team over at Winston Dame? So uh, uh, I'm a principal manager. My wife Wendy, she is. Um, then we have a staff of four uh, for administrative, marketing, things of that nature. Uh, we had four um, agents. We're down to uh, one. 
Uh, we're basically one of the biggest things of everything else is just making sure people want to work and they're working. Um, so, uh, so anyone out there looking to get into real estate, let me know because we are definitely <laughs> hiring because we have a lot of people that there, we, we are still in very high demand. Thank you. We are very high demand. Um, and we're still got a lot of people moving here from uh, out of state. Do we have any product? Uh, well, that's the other side of it. Um, no, uh, right now we're a very low inventory. Actually, here in Cornelius, we're less than one month. So we inventory. need to build some houses. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that's that's right now. That's the solution because everyone. Look, we're, the biggest thing is everyone loves their interest rate. Everyone's got that two point eight three percent. They love that interest rate, and they they want to wait until interest rates come back down. Well, number one, they're never going to get back down that low. But two, it won't be until next year. So guess what low inventory does? It pushes the home prices up. So by the time that you wait for those interest rates to come down, now that home is gonna be 10, 12% higher next year. And our, our, our home prices are still going up. You know, we're not gonna bring up the Jake Plolo project in Huntersville here today, uh, but Jake actually said something at a newsmaker breakfast recently that um, certainly we as a chamber of commerce had, had previously opposed, and that was impact fees. Uh, but Jake is somebody who said, listen, we need to have impact fees as it's going to be able to take care of some of the infrastructure needs that we have. Uh, you're a realtor. Uh, the biggest opponent of impact fees in, in Raleigh is going to be the real estate industry. You have a, a comment about or opinion about real uh, impact fees? I, it doesn't really, on the residential side, it, it's not something that we're we're running into you know what on a commercial side i can't really comment on that um but yeah for for us that i don't have anything <laughs> well sticking sticking on housing yeah. uh one of the issues that that also the elected officials often wrestle with is affordable housing but so yeah. very often the police the fire the teachers the people who serve our community can't afford to live in the community that they serve uh, that's certainly an issue with Davidson, and we talked about it last week with Mayor Knox. Um, what is Cornelius doing in terms of affordable housing? Well, there's several things, uh, and one thing I'll bring up is on August 21st, we will be uh, actually adopting, or the town board will have for consideration adoption of our first affordable housing plan. And one of the things in there it talks about is that 80% of the people who work in Cornelius don't live here because they can't afford to. So this plan lays out some uh, strategies of how we can address that, uh, working through a creation of a community development corporation which can work on affordable housing for us. Uh, they, which is in place. It's in place. Mm -hmm. and, and working. Uh, is working and doing very well. Um, and then also they have put a target on workforce housing. So that's what we're going to focus on for the next year is uh, trying to get housing for our workforce. We know we can't solve all the problems, but workforce is what we're going to focus on. Well, we're going to talk about other problems that you guys are focused on when we come back from a break. Please join us in just a second. For those of you who are still streaming with us, uh, welcome back to Town Talk. Uh, those on radio are listening to some great commercials that are paying for the station time. But I uh, want to go to other things we're doing in our community uh, one of the projects we have this weekend is Big Day at the Lake. I mean, Big Day at the Lake, I think it's coming up. I think this is the 19th year of Big Day at the Lake. So Dave's been doing this a long time. It's, for those unfamiliar, Big Day at the at Lake is a project usually in June uh, that we, we bring kids up from big brothers and big sisters, and, and we put the littles on the boat with the bigs and take them out. Uh, Wayne, have you ever participated in Big Day at the Lake? Uh, I have not. Now, I have uh, supported it uh, in other ways, but I have not been out there on the actual day. Uh, but it sounds exciting, and so mm -hmm. many people do participate, and I'm so appreciative of everybody that's able to bring a boat and uh, be able to take these uh, young people out. Mm -hmm. Andrew, have you ever been participating down yeah, there at Big Day yeah, at the Lake? Yeah, uh, many years ago, I was out there serving hot dogs and that type of thing. So it, it's a great event, and I really appreciate Dave Yoakum organizing that every year. He has a massive amount of volunteers that, that work on that, and uh, not only do they put on the program that, that takes the kids out, but they raise money for big mm -hmm. brothers, big sisters, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I know that it's a, it's a really big undertaking. Uh, I, too, this coming Saturday, I, I usually go to the farm 
uh, on the weekends. I take off and go down to Rock Hill on Friday afternoon, come back uh, usually Monday morning, spend the weekend in the farm, but I'm staying in town so I can go to Big Death Lake. And our Kiwanis Club is going to be at the Energy Explorium, flipping hot dogs and hamburgers for the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that that project. Have you participated in Big Death Lake? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so Rotary, we, we do uh, assist um, last year, I was on the uh, cheeseburger and hot dog. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, when it's nice and 90 degree weather out, that's where you want to be. Thankfully, I was smarter this year, and I got Wendy and I on the ice cream station. So we're we're going to go there. We're going to really, at the beginning, it is like literally trying to pull ice cream out of uh, concrete. But, you know, with the heat, it will be a lot easier to work with. I tell you what, it's it's a lot of fun out there. Uh, the Sissons, Tricia and Brian, um, always were participants in, in mm-hmm. Big Day at the Lake, and they would call me out and, and say, hey, can you come out and, and uh, participate? And Watching these kids sometimes get in the water for the very, very first time, kids who maybe had never been on a float before, it's just, it's just so rewarding to see. And so I thank uh, Dave Yoakum and his team and, and all the volunteers for what they're doing for our community. Well, welcome back to Town Talk. I'm your host, Bill Russell. I have uh, Cornelius Deputy Manager Wayne here and here. And uh, Wayne, thank you for much for being here. Yes, Andrew Grant, the Cornelius Town Manager, and Sean Herndon, who is with Winston Dame, and also our brand new Rotary President. Uh, let's talk about some of the transportation projects we've got. One of the things I continue to hear is the expansion, the widening of West Catawba Avenue. Where are we with West Catawba Avenue improvements? So uh, DOT, of course, controls the schedule, uh, mainly because they control the money. Um, The Board of Transportation right now has us with that project beginning in 2026. Now, when I say beginning, that's construction. There's a lot going on now as we speak. Uh, They are actually in the middle of what they call a value engineering design, uh, which is a redesign to try to lower the cost. most recent cost came out at $50 million and DOT said, hey, we just got to see if we can lower that cost. So they're trying to re-value uh, engineer it, get it down to around 30 to 32. Once they do that, they'll start acquiring more right-of-way. Once the right-of-way is certified, they can have the utility start moving power, water, all those type things, and then hopefully start construction in 26. Uh, we need that in the worst way. That project will double the capacity from... The current at 20,000 vehicles per day, it'll go up to 42,000 vehicles uh, per day. So we're, that's a project we're very excited about, and that's the status that we know at this point in time. The Zion Avenue connector, uh, talk a little bit about what that will do, and when's it, when's that expected? Yeah, go for it, Wayne. Well, okay. <laughs> if, you, if you want to talk about the resolution, go for it. So yeah. Zion Avenue connector uh, was put into uh, our policy for a future road, Uh, We had a study done to how we can relieve congestion on 115. So the Zion Avenue connector was proposed. It said it was not needed to relieve congestion, but it would be a great value-added parallel road. So the town board, after we've had a lot of this talk of uses on Bailey Road, we've talked about the school traffic around Huff High School, Bailey Middle, said, hey, you know, we really need to jump on that and see if that's something we need to move up the priority list. So... Uh, at a meeting here uh, last month, they adopted a resolution directing staff to start the feasibility study, start the planning process. Uh, we'll be issuing a request for qualifications for a qualified engineer here in the next 30 days, and we'll get the ball rolling on that project. The offices of the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce and Visit Lake Norman and the Visitor Center is, is between Jaton, uh, Catawba Avenue, and, and Sefton. And uh, there are improvements coming to Sefton as well. Yes, Jaton Sefton, uh, right now it's what we call a piecemeal project. Different segments were built at different times over the years. Our goal here is uh, we're getting ready to uh, award a contract for construction to bring that road up to today's standards, Uh, make it look better, make the appearance, the aesthetics better, uh, the pedestrian uh, usage, make it safer, uh, make it more appealing for pedestrians, also for bicycles. Uh, and then also improve sight triangles and safety for vehicles as well. So that will be a totally revamp of that facility, and that'll be something that uh, when it's all done, I think people will say, wow, look at this. 
uh, and it'll be great for vehicles, pedestrians, and bicycles. So it, it'll be a great facility uh, and hopefully good as an alternate for West Catawba. Yeah, and that's also a project that was approved in the budget as well. So everything ties, again, back to the budget. Um, our estimates is a, it's a $3.2 million project. And since our park director isn't here, I'll, I'll jump on what Wayne said. It's a key component of the Emerald Necklace. And if you've ever heard about the Emerald Necklace, that's our uh, vision for a 13-mile loop of Greenway, a multi-use path to get around town um, with uh, spider webs and fingers all through it. And so we want to encourage alternative modes of transportation, uh, both for physical fitness, mental health, uh, but also, you know, don't just get in your car, you know, uh, walk, bike, uh, run uh, to go do your activities. So um, because West Catawba, and Bill, I know you, you'll remember this, you and I worked together on getting West Catawba Phase 1 widened, mm -hmm. took a couple trips to Raleigh, uh, some very good trips about 20 years ago. Um, all we have um, are five-foot sidewalks on West Catawba. So there really is not a cost-feasible uh, way to go in and retrofit a multi-use path or a greenway, if you will, along Catawba Avenue. So as Wayne mentioned, this project that the town's funding um, is really a good alternate um, to West Catawba as well. So it's a wonderful project, and we're happy that it's finally happening. Wayne, uh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to add that that is one of the, probably one of the top five things we ask for for people that move into the area is walkability, um, uh, being able to have alternative to cars, because a lot of people are they're moving here or coming from denser Area, so they're used to doing that walkability, and mm -hmm. so that the, the greenway is a huge additive uh, for amenity for the town. When there had been a project that was approved, um, a development project right below the Chamber of Commerce on Septon, uh, calling for a hotel and a conference center. I think what, what's the status of that? So the developer is still marketing that. He's looking for somebody who's interested to build that. Uh, he has a couple of uh, interested parties. And I think what they're looking at at this point is financing and who might be the hotelier, who might uh, run the conference center, uh, how it might function, uh, looking at different parking deck options, looking at interior options of how the floors might be laid out. So they're still moving, still uh, uh, thinking about how it can be done, uh, but doing their due diligence. Uh, a project that we really look forward to that... Uh has been in the pipeline for some time is Old Mecklenburg Brewery. Oh, yes. Uh, we've now got the Kane Arts Center up, and that's a regional arts center that's mm -hmm. uh, very proud of that. Uh, I've been to, I went to the Mother's Day Charlotte mm -hmm. Symphony performance. And uh, matter of fact, Sean, yeah. you were there. Absolutely. That, you know what was fascinating about the Kane Center at the Charlotte Symphony is the, the sound carried so well mm -hmm. in, that, in that auditorium. And you're right. There, I mean, it is so intimate. Uh, it's setting in that place, and we saw a verb pipe, which is uh, I, I honestly, I went in there. I'm like, who's verb? I heard one song, and it was like back in the '90s. I'm like, oh, that's who verb pipe. It was. I hope they come back. They were a phenomenal band, but that your the sound is quality is incredible, and you're it's very close. You're right there on top of them. Kane Center. Just a home run, just a home run for our community. Yeah. And one of the few projects I, you know, I was talking to Greg Wesley, one of the few projects like that, that open where they're debt free. And that that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But but something that was really going to complement that, I'm really looking forward to it, Old Mecklenburg Brewery. Yes. Where are we with Old Mecklenburg Brewery? So John Marino is the owner of Old Mecklenburg Brewery. Um, he was looking to expand into North Mecklenburg, and we are so happy that he chose Cornelius. Uh, in the process of getting the approval uh, here in Cornelius, he was also asked to look at other sites in Ballantyne and in Gaston County. Uh, those sites have moved a little ahead of us, and he's working on those. But what he's told me is the one here in Cornelius is still going to be the biggest of all mm -hmm. of them. Uh, he has event space, so he's got a little bit more planning that goes into that. Uh, we're, we're looking at some stormwater, some road improvements. So he says he'll probably be here uh, probably mid-2024 to start construction. Uh, should be open by 2025. We wish it was sooner, but we're just glad he's coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, improvements, uh, something we've talked about for some time too. The Chamber's old offices used to be on Torrance Chapel Road. You've got improvements coming to Torrance Chapel. You want to talk about that? So uh, we, we had a project, uh, the Torrance Chapel Triple Roundabout project. We had to go back and negotiate with DOT because the cost, uh, the town board said, hey, it's getting a little out of hand here. So we went back and negotiated some of the roundabouts down 
looking at more intersection improvements. DOT has come back to us here recently and said, we might want to re-engage you on these roundabouts. So we're having some discussion about potential roundabouts at the post office, uh, at Knox and Torrance, and down uh, at the entrance to Lake Norman Jeep Chrysler Dodge. We're also looking at intersection improvements at the actual Torrance and West Catawba, and down at one Norman that Chick-fil-A paid for many years ago. Mm. So we, we think all these improvements with a nice slip lane to I-77, uh, it could really improve that intersection and make it uh, a better situation for people heading into the Diverging Diamond and heading north or south on 77. You know, the Chamber had a fantastic health care summit last week or a couple of weeks ago where we had our, our uh, CEOs of, of Atrium, Novant, uh, Iredell Health System, and they, they talked about what they were doing. But uh, a new addition for Cornelius is going to be Atrium, locating uh, right here in Cornelius. Uh, is there plans to finally get Westmoreland done and interchange at, at, at Westmoreland? Well, from the town standpoint, uh, we're way down the pecking list. We're down in the ranking. Uh, but when you bring in somebody like Atrium, mm -hmm. that has the opportunity to move you up. And mm -hmm. Atrium has the influence. Uh, we look forward to a partnership with them. Uh, they won't exit 27 probably worse than we do. Uh, so we're very much looking forward to that partnership, working with them to move that up and, and get that funded and have that available for our residents and for their customers. And finally, one more transportation, US 21 in Catawba. Uh, what's happening there? Uh, officially, what DOT says is that will be under contract by December of this year, but they're already moving utilities. So I consider that already started. Uh, uh, we signed a contract, or the manager did, for Electricities to start moving utilities here soon. Mm -hmm. uh, so you'll probably see uh, electric, water, sewer, and those out there doing their job moving things. You'll probably see the actual road contractor coming up sometime later this year. You know, um, sometimes you hear folks talking about how we're way behind in transportation improvement projects, way behind in schools, and we are, we are behind in schools. But I got to tell you, uh, you, you go down. I live in Huntersville. You see a lot of orange barrels. That's kind of painful, but we know we know help's coming. That's right. And so I, I applaud the visionary leadership of our town boards that put some of these transportation programs in place. And that's got to be exciting as a, as a realtor seeing Ooh, your yes. town working like that. Yep. Well, we're going to uh, close today, but uh, if it's Wednesday afternoon, we're talking about our towns on Town Talk, WSIC. We'll see you next week.